Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Treasured for maybe 15 years. And, I, I, and usually you hear this all the time when someone's speaking, but I actually mean this when I say this, that if you, if you capture this idea, it'll change your life. A couple of years ago, uh, through a series of events, I had the opportunity to spend 25 minutes with Yongi Cho. And, and uh, it, was, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. He prayed over me, prophesied, imparted. He was 80, I think he was 85 or 84 at that point. He was very weak. He was frail. His team had to literally carry him to sit at his chair. But then the moment he prayed, it was so powerful. And as he was talking to me, he, he said these words. At that point, we were pastoring a church. We were two years into pastoring our church. And he says to me, before the, before, the church must first be in your heart before it can be in your hand. And I, and I was just like, what, what is he talking about? And then he says to me, how big is your church right now? And then he said to me, how big would you want it to be next year? And so I say a number and he says, I need you to, ca- you need to carry this in your heart. You know, true story. Regan was part of this. 2018 was, we literally had a revival. And within six months, our church literally doubled. And it was to that number that I'd shared with Dr. Cho. Every, every, couple, of, every couple of months, uh, through again, a series of relationships, I've had the privilege to spend two to three hours when I do have these meetings with someone called Clark Taylor. And some of you have heard of Clark Taylor, and, you know, he's quite old now. But whenever I'm with him, he talks about a bunch of things, but he keeps using this word. And the word is, everything that I've I've done through COC, or God's done through me through COC, is through this thing called building in the spirit. So I've got Yongi Cho telling me, you got to have this in your heart. I've got Clark Taylor telling me, you got to build it in the spirit. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to sort of, simplify that language and demystify that language because so many times when you tell to someone you got to have it in your heart like what does that look like like do I have to have an open heart surgery like how do I build in the spirit do I need an engineering degree to build this thing what does that really look like and the word I want to give you is this one word imagination so I want to talk to you this morning about this thing called hope and imagination in the year 2004, I was in med school. Actually, 2003, I was in med school. I'd done two years of pre-med. I was in first year of med. And while I was in, in that moment, I had a massive God encounter that completely changed the trajectory of my life. I made the serious decision of quitting med school. And I was, my, my family ghosted me. It was one of the craziest seasons. And I was in an environment where I could not just jump courses. So I had eight months to myself between when I was having this massive career university change and so what do you do when everyone sort of walked away and you've got eight months I began to pray at that point I was a worship leader and so I said okay I've had this encounter with God and I I guess probably I'm going to step into Bible college and lead worship and all that sort of stuff and so I started praying and every time I would pray I'd get distracted so I'd be praying and I'd suddenly start seeing like packs of people in the front of some auditorium I'm like, why, why, am I not, why am I not seeing the in-ear packs and the drum cage? And why am I not seeing those things? Why am I constantly seeing the faces of people crying and weeping? And I'll be like, you know, what's that about? The devil, stop distracting me. I'd pray again and I'd see people coming out of a wheelchair. And it's just like, what's that about? And, like, and, and so this went on for a couple of weeks. And then I called one of my mentors and I said, hey, I'm, 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 I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to see God. I'm trying to pray for an open door because I was determined the path. I knew the path forward. 
And then I began to explain what I was seeing. And it was hard to explain it because it wasn't vision. Because sometimes we've got this big magnanimous idea of what a vision is. It wasn't a dream because I was awake. But it felt like imagination. So it felt more like a distraction. And then my mentor said these words that changed the course of my life. And the words were, do you think maybe God's talking to you? (laughs) And so I allowed the imagination to take its course. And so I began to realize that as I was praying, God was beginning to build in the spirit. God was showing me things that I did not know of how that's going to happen, but I just began to see things. And all of a sudden, I began to see myself speaking. I began to see myself being some sort of leadership role in a church. And none of these things I ever sort of in my own anticipated or desired, but God was beginning to birth something in me. And what I want to say to you this morning is that you need to understand that your imagination is a big deal to God. And I'll say why it is such a big deal. Because in Genesis, uh, before that, I want, to, I want to point this out. A lot of times we've heard these words that is that what you think is really important. So I'm going to say a few words to you. The first word I'm going to say is dog. Now I'm going to say another word. The second word is uh, big black dog. Now, the moment I said these words, you did not see the words D-O-G. You actually saw a dog. The moment I said big black uh, dog, you saw a big black dog. I'm going to say another word, apple. If you're over the age of 50, you're like, I need to eat more healthy. (laughs) If you're a millennial, you're thinking about an iMac. But you saw something, right? You didn't see the word apple. You, you saw something. And so what you got to understand is the Bible talks about how our thinking is important. Romans talks about the renewal of the mind, but the mind operates in the realm of our imagination. And so God speaks to us through that. And the reason this is so significant to God is God took serious consideration because of people's imagination in Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6, God does something radical. The Bible says that he makes the plan to flood the earth. And God's reasoning for flooding the earth was not because someone did anything bad. In fact, Genesis chapter 6, it says that when God saw the great wickedness and how every imagination of the heart was evil, he repented. Men's imagination caused God to repent. So what would it be like for us to be followers of Jesus to imagine in a way that would cause God to be excited? And, and, and you got to understand, this is why, no, no, no wonder why Jesus says these words. If you were to look at a person with lust, you have committed the act. Because it's in the realm of our imagination. And you need to understand this, our imagination matters to God. I mean, being very candid with family. The whole porn industry is a billion dollar industry because of imagination. Imagination's a big deal. And our imagination matters to God. I say this to people all the time. The first time I prayed for a blind person was not the first time I prayed for a blind person. The first time I prayed for a blind person was the thousand and one time I prayed for them because I'd already prayed for them a thousand times. 
Imagination is a big deal. Everything, as I look at my life and even your life, I'm sure I'm just giving language to, I'm just giving language to the route that you've walked. You've been walking with God. You've been serving God. Some of you 20, 30, 40. I'm in the room with legends this morning. But as you look back, you will begin to see that it's been through the realm of your imagination that God's changed the course and course corrected and directed you maybe to a land, maybe to a property, maybe to a conversation, maybe to a moment. It's not been big dreams. It's not been big open heaven moments as amazing as those have been. And I've had one or two, but it most likely it's been an imagination. It's been a picture. It's been an idea. And when I think about our church, so just to give you a little bit of a context, we planted a church as Pastor Ross said six and a half years ago. We're running five services prior to COVID. They were great days. We went to a real crisis during COVID. And then we, we were able to hand off our church in six and a half years with the building, with the facilities done. And, and when I look at every moment that I've been stuck, and I've been stuck so many times, Regan's a witness to the number of times we've hit a crossroad, but it's always been in prayer. It's always been in worship that as I'm praying that there's an idea, there's a thought, there's a picture that's put. And it seems almost like you can miss it. The way I like to put it is like when you're driving through town and you're going to the shopping center, but all of a sudden your body starts urging and has a craving for food. And as you're driving, you suddenly see the fish and chip store. And suddenly that was not part of the agenda. That was not part of the plan, but there's an urging to turn directions. That's what I'm talking about. So many times in life, we're praying in a certain way, but as we're praying, there's a fish and chip store that'll come. That's that imagination. And you can almost keep accelerating and pass it by. But friend, I want you to know that God speaks to us through our imagination. And you need to understand that it's such an important thing. Now, as I say this, uh, the reason why I've, I've, the last, the first time I pre even publicly preached about this topic was in 2021, because I was nervous to talk about this, because Everything that I've shared with you is conversations I've had with some men of God and experiences I've had. But that's not enough for us to be convinced that that's what the word says. And so when I began to study this topic, I was mesmerized because I thought imagination was a minor topic. But as I began to dig deep into scripture, the first thing I realized, the word imagination, I don't know if it's going to kind of come on the screen, but the word imagination is actually a word called yetzar. Yetzar. And the Bible uses this word interchangeably across a bunch of different words. For example, when God is calling Samuel to anoint David, he says these words. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. The word there is yetzah, which is actually imagination. The man looks at the outward appearance, but I looked at the imagination and I found someone who's got a heart after my own heart. Another, another scripture, Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the world, this is the New King James, was framed. That word they framed is the word imagination. By faith we understand that the world was imagined by the word of God. And I begin to study this and then I begin to realize that the word hope and the word imagination were being changed. In fact, every time... 90% of the time in scripture, the word hope comes. You know what's the root word? Positive imagination. I've always seen hope as this abstract idea. It's like, well, we hope to. We hope so. But the moment I begin to understand that hope means positive imagination, it began, it began to give fuel to my faith. So Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Let's replace that. Imagination deferred 
makes the heart sick. Now we understand why Paul says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things imagined for the evidence of things not seen. You're getting what I'm saying? And let me tell you, this, 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 I mean, we sing songs of hope. We write Christmas cards with the word hope in it. We write get well soon cards. But the word hope is so powerful when we add the word imagination to it. Hope. It's a picture. It's an idea. It's a vision. It's an understanding. And when I think about what's happened in the last two years, the devil has planned an organized attack against our imagination. If you talk to people, people can't plan for a holiday. People can't plan a service. People couldn't plan Christmas events. Why? Because you, you, you can't anticipate it. You can't picture it because there's barricades. There's invisible barricades put around us because what the devil realizes is that if I, can, if I can steal the church off her imagination, I can steal her hope and I can abort her faith. And so you need to understand this, that what God is calling us is to a place of understanding that he speaks to us in our imagination. And the moment I've just given you language for you to understand that God has been talking to you all the way. That all along the way, you thought it was just, oh, that was just a great idea. That was just an, even when sometimes you're talking to a person, uh, I was talking to Jason actually, and, and, and he was telling me that there was this whole thing of prayer happening in the youth group. And I said, how did that happen? And he said, I mean, nowadays youth pastors, God talks to them through Instagram. So Jason was on Instagram and he sees, literally sees a reel of prayer. Someone's put a reel up on prayer and literally there's an idea. What really happened there was not that he got, he was imitating what was happening on Instagram. He literally, something triggered his imagination. And God said, I need you to go into your youth ministry and birth that. Church, I want you to understand this. ACC pastor, we need you, I need you to understand this. God is speaking to you through your imagination. One of the, one of the just the other day I was with somebody and this person loved miracles and things like that. And so he asked me if I'd ever seen the dead raised. The closest I've ever seen to a dead person being raised was in the year 2007. I want to give some context to this because it's actually important. Because sometimes there's this whole idea that if you're not raising the dead, you're doing something wrong. Now, all of us have the ability to and call to and things like that. But in the year 2000, and it was actually 2006, December, I read the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, it said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Those words, raise the dead, literally I felt like something circled around it and I got obsessed with raising the dead. I was 22, 21 year old, so you know, it was that raw faith, raw passion. And I felt the Lord say, for the next six months, everywhere you preach, I want you to openly say that if anybody dies, you'll pray for them. So that's what I did. So I went church to church, house to house, meeting to meeting, and I would literally read the scripture. I'd probably talk about Gideon, probably talking about Jacob, probably talking about Isaac, but I'd literally read the scripture, just out of obedience. And I'd say, I feel the Lord has put this on my heart to pray for anybody that's, that's, that, that has a death or anything. He's, you get in touch with the pastor, we'll, we'll make it happen. So that was through December 2006 all the way through April. 3rd of April, my phone rings. I'm living in the Middle East, by the way, at that point. And, and, and this lady says, uh, Pastor, I got your number from this person. You were at this meeting back in February. And there's this person who was brain dead. And here's the thing, right? When you're full of faith when you're preaching... It's very different to when you receive a call at 10 a.m. in the morning. It's like, 
you know, you know, I think it was a day that I slept into, so I didn't even pray, and I was feeling so unspiritual, I was like, Alwyn, you and all these random things you say, oh me of little faith, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to come, so she says, and now the context is, what happened was she was a nurse, and she gave, she had, she had, they put her on the overnight shift, and then another shift on top, so she was really exhausted, and she had mixed medication. So she's Sri Lankan, she's Sri Lankan heritage, she's living in the Middle East, one of the most Islamic countries, and she gives a raw injection to this Arab patient, and the cry, and, and, and if, if the person dies, it's considered a criminal offense, most likely they would cut off the hands that she medicated the patient with and send her back to her hometown. So you can see, we are under the pump here, she is desperate. So she's nervous, she's trembling, she's saying, I've worked in this hospital for 32 years, I'm okay to be fired, but I could lose my hands. I could lose it all. I'm on my way. So I go to the hospital and I see this person lifeless. Uh, she's connected with all sorts of tubes, but there's no activity whatsoever. And so I start praying for the person. I start doing everything that they've taught me to do, you know, bind and cast and loose and, you know, oh, that was the wrong thing that came out. Go back in, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of things happening. And I'm stuck. It's like, it's like 20 minutes into this. And, and, as I'm, and as I'm praying for her, I pull back and I get these words, praise, praise. So, so, so whatever reason, I'm not saying it was an intellectual decision, but for whatever reason, I imagined how I would praise her. So I start saying, this person's going to get up. I see her getting up. I praise you, God, that she's getting up. I praise you, God, that she will jog. I praise you, God, that her son, I don't even know if she has a son. I praise you, God, that her son will bring her roses. I praise you, God, that she will go on holidays to Germany. I praise you, God, that she will, comp so I'm, I'm literally envisioning her, imagining her. I do that for 45 minutes. Nothing happens. I leave. The next day, my phone rings. She got up. And so I, I, I'm not saying that that's the format. Now, someone can take that and go, that's the format in raising someone. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that in every given situation, God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has an imagination. God has an idea. That crossroad that you're in, that building project that you're stuck with, that family member that you're having a crisis with, that bank situation that you're facing, the financial situation, there is a picture. There is an idea. There is a, it might be a little thought. It might be one word like what I had praise it might be that one word give it might be that one word rest but you got to paint out what that picture looks like and I think it is so powerful I want us to you know I mean this is literally a message that we hear a lot of times at conferences that says we need a dream again but I've just added more flesh to that word dream because sometimes you're like I'm sleeping and I'm not having a dream I want to give you permission to imagine and, and I need to be, I feel like I'm talking to mature Christians, but so I'm not talking about fantasizing things. I'm not talking about covetousness. I'm not talking about, because Pastor Alwyn said, imagine, well, I guess I can go out and imagine about that Ferrari that I've been wanting. That's not what I'm talking about. See, there are seasons in my life where there was a grace to imagine one thing, but if I try to do that now, it's not going to happen. So you need, to, you need to walk through the avenues of God's presence. You need to walk through the avenues of worship. And what I'm trying to say is there's going to be a place. There's going to be a place where you find that spot. And I love what it says in Psalm 126. When the Lord brought us back from Zion, we were like those who dream. See, so many of us have lost our imagination because we've, we're not in Zion anymore. 
But, but the Bible is saying when, when the Lord brought us into, back into his presence. I love what it says that God took Abraham out of his tent. It was when he looked at the stars. And here's the crazy part, right? The next day, Abraham went camping. And all of, all of his friends looked at the stars. And they were like, what do you see? It's like, I do not know. I think it's the gods. I think it's this. I think it's that. But from that day forward, anytime Abraham looked at the stars, he didn't see stars. He saw sons and daughters. See, God's going to give you a picture. God's going to give you. See, when I look at pizza, it looks like pizza. But when you look like pizza, that could have been the moment when God gave you a word that you're going to plant that church. That's the moment when God gave you an idea. That's the moment when God gave you strategy. See, you got to identify the picture. It could, be, it could be through the normality of life that God speaks to you, but it triggers something in your imagination. This is why it says in the book of Acts that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see dreams and visions. There's a triggering of... Of God, of, of, of the Holy Spirit, where he's saying, I need you to dream again. I need you to have vision again. I need you to imagine again. So many times we've stopped imagining because we've put the parameters of our education, our qualification, our bank account, our, our situation, and that's going to be the boundaries. But I feel like the Lord is saying, step out of your tent, Abraham. Yet I understand, step out of your normality. Step out of your routine. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your building for a minute. Step out of your service for a minute. Step out of your series for a second. Step out of the song list for a moment. Look at what is ahead of you look at the stars because out of the stars I'm preaching a message out of the stars I'm speaking to you there's an imagination that is there I love what it says in Ephesians 3 20 now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask imagine so we got to first imagine something before God can outdo that that imagination (laughs) you're like God do something God's like imagine something ask for something and when you start asking, I'll outdo the asking. When you start dreaming, I'll outdo the dreaming. When you start imagining, I will outdo the imagining in Jesus' name. Even right now, as I'm saying this, there are people in this room that I feel prophetically that are going through a health crisis. And some of you have recovered from it, but there's a fear in your head that plays that says that it's going to happen again. I want you to imagine that it's not going to happen. I want, I want you to imagine that those joint aches are not going to come back. I want you to imagine that the arthritis are gone. I want you to imagine that you will be able to type on that keyboard. Come on, stop believing. There are some of you in your own families where you've got sons and daughters that are living in crisis situations, not in contact with you. I want you to imagine them saved. I want you to imagine them healed. I want you to imagine them serving in the house of the Lord. I want you to imagine that they will stand up and speak the word of God. Is there anybody that's willing to imagine this morning with me? If you believe that, give God a clap of praise right now he's the God of our imagination he's the God of our imagination he's the God of our imagination I'm really praying sometimes we can just be caught in sermon mode but my prayer this morning was that even as I'm speaking that people who have ideas the cities and regions would come forth names would come forth a strategy a word would come forth for 2023 let me tell you God is speaking God is speaking I love what Smith Wigglesworth says God is more eager to answer your prayer than you are to pray 
God is eager to speak. He's eager to show us a picture. Some of you have come in. Yes, I realize you, you've got, we've got real issues. We've got real scenarios. We've got real areas that there isn't going to be a breakthrough. This thing's going to fall apart. But church, let me encourage you. It may not be a big vision. It may not be a big prophetic word. It may not be a big angelic encounter. It could be one little Fish and chips shop on the way to the shopping center. It could be one little idea. One, let me tell you some of the greatest things that Pastor Ross was talking about. Downpour camp. Downpour camp was birthed out of frustration. I was preaching in King Arroy and, and all these kids got saved. And as I got into the car, I knew that they would be unsaved. You know what I'm saying? The feeling of they all responded. But there was nothing really substantial in, in the, at that moment with youth and things like that. And I just had this thing of... And I was posting online, 23 salvations. And I just felt like this, this deep grief come over me that was sort of like, like what are going to happen to these kids? They're they in these broken homes and there's no youth ministries at that point in that, in that region. And then suddenly there just came this idea because I was being invited to all these camps, right? I was doing camp. There's a 10 kids here, 20 kids here. So I started calling the pastors and said, you're inviting me to your camp. You're inviting me to your camp. Why don't we just come together and have a great time? So it started with 30 people. And I think it's now 350 in 12 years. And here's what I'm trying to say. It was not, I did not have a big dream. I did not have an angel come down and tell me. It was this one little thought, this one little imagination. What is it that God wants to put in your spirit that's going to be the answer to your region, that's going to be the answer to your church, that's going to be the answer to your town? It could be that one little moment where God speaks to us. Imagination. I begin to think about this thought of imagination. You know, it's interchangeable with the idea of dreams. And you read the story of Joseph. I've been reading the Bible to my daughter every, every night. And her favorite story at the moment is the story of Joseph. So we keep doing U-turns around the story of Joseph. And it's amazing how when you read things to your kids, you get, you get things. And, 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 and because she was asking me questions. And the question was that that Jacob put this, put this robe of, this, this robe of protection, this robe of selection over Joseph. And, and the sons got jealous. And then it says that Joseph had a dream. And my, my daughter said to me, Dad, I feel it's a bit unfair. I said, why? She said, because it's only Joseph who had a dream. What about the other brothers? And I love what it says in Genesis. It says, and Jacob loved Joseph more. Because dreams and visions only happen when you've been loved. But we don't serve a, a father. We don't, we don't have a father like Jacob. We have a good, good father. We have a perfect father. And there is room for every person in this place to have a robe of, right, robe of righteousness where you can dream one more time. Where as you come under the everlasting arms of God the Father that once again dreams in that place of intimacy, dreams begin to come forth like Joseph dreamt. Dreams begin to come forth like Daniel dreamt. Dreams begin to come, trances begin to happen like Peter saw. Encounters begin to take place like Paul saw. You get captured by the things of God like David did. Because when you're intimate with God, 
He speaks to you in and through your imagination. I want to pray with you this morning. I believe that some of you, been, there's been this lid put over you. There's this, 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 this thing. I was praying 6 o'clock this morning. I felt like some of us have this lid over us. And you're trying to reach, but you just cannot seem to reach. And I really believe that God's going to break open that. Some of you are bought into the lie. And you've, some of us feel, the truth is, let's be honest, as, even as I pastor the church, there are times when I felt like the other sons of Jacob. I felt like the guy down the road was Joseph. I felt like the other guy on the platform was Joseph. Joseph's coming in his rainbow coat and all that sort of stuff. And here I'm wearing boring beige. And, but there was a moment where I just said, you know what, God? You're, you're, just like you're their God, you're my God. Just like you're their father, you're my father. And you have a robe for me and you have a dream for me and you have a plan for me and you have a vision for me and you have an imagination for me. And I want to encourage us, friends, this morning that God has a dream for your city. And that dream's going to happen through you. God has an imagination for your school. And that's going to happen through you. Why don't we stand up? I just feel God's presence is already in this room. And I believe God's going to move in a powerful way. Uh, you know, why, why don't we even right now just pray in the spirit? Just lift your voices and just pray. Call to the God of visions and dreams. Call to the God. You know, I love what, I love what Joseph says when Pharaoh calls him. Joseph says something. Pharaoh says, I had a dream. And Joseph says, dreams are the language of God. Dreams is the language of God. And I want, I want you to get a hold of an imagination this morning. It could be one word. It could be one thought. It could be one person. It could be one meeting. For some of us, it may not be about our church. It may be about our health. It may be about our families. It may be about our homes. But I really believe that God wants to speak to us in and through our imagination. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. Come on, just lift your voice. Just worship Him for a moment. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we worship You. Holy Spirit, we thank You that You're here. Come on, lift those hands up high to the God of our dreams, to the God of our vision. Oh, Father, Lord, we come to You because You're a good Father and You've got great dreams for us. You've got great visions for us. Lord, speak to us, Father. Speak to us, Lord. Just like You framed the earth, You're framing our homes. You're framing our ministries. You're putting into place. You are the great architect. Jesus, you are the master builder. Jesus, we look to you this morning. Lord, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help, my vision, my provision, my imagination comes from you, the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Lord, we look to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I believe there are people in this room, you're saying that was for me. That was for me. I need, I need, I need a word before I enter into 2023. I need, it might be one thought. It might be one idea. If this message is for you, I want you to take a step of faith. We have a family this morning. Let's finish the year strong. Let's finish the year filled with the fire of God. If you're in this room, I, I just want you to make your way to the front and say, that's for me. Come, we're just going to open up this place right now and just allow God to do His thing. Father, we thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.